What's up, Llama listeners? Joe here, and I'm excited to announce our partnership with Blazing Star Barbecue. Blazing Star Barbecue is a veteran-owned business owned and operated by Mike Starr, a veteran of over 20 years of military service and a fantastic member of the Llama family. Through his amazing rubs and sauces, Mike is devoted to bringing unique flavors from his world travels to your backyard. And I got to tell you, I love me some Blazing Star Barbecue, especially the Reaper and brand new Scorpion rubs. I absolutely put them on everything, and they pretty much have rendered the rest of my spice cabinet obsolete. Check them out at BlazingStarBarbecue.com and Blazing Star Barbecue on all social media platforms and get your sauces and rubs today. We promise you won't be disappointed. Live. Learning. Leadership. The Llama Lounge. Welcome back to another episode of the Llama Lounge. This is your host, Scott Green, and I'm hanging out with my man, Frankie Zamorano. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You know, uh, I'm super excited. Uh, we uh, we have been in Texas, I, I won't say a year, because we got here in July, and we just closed on a house yesterday. Like I signed papers to own, uh, not, not only like my first house in, you know, since I've been here in Texas, but like my, my first house in life. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I'm 41. Right. I've been in the military for 23 years and this is my first home ever in life. I've, I've used, I'm used to like Living on base. Yeah. Yeah. Living on base. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, we know each other. We, we first met in California, Travis, that was, I think the first time I ever lived on base other than uh, the barracks when I was an airman, Mm. Uh, the rest for my career, the rest was living um, on the economy, living in apartments or, you know, later on getting married, um, living uh, either houses that were rented or the house that uh, our first house that we bought was in Illinois. So, but it's, yeah. but it's, it's been a minute since you and I have actually been on an episode together. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. been a minute. Yeah. I want to thank Joe for, uh, you know, pulling all the weight for the past several months. I know you and I have been dealing with, uh, the, the PCS stuff and the housing stuff and, uh, yeah, um, absolutely. And I, and I've, I've been swamped with, uh, personal life and, and work and stuff like that. So it's good to, uh, give Joe the day off, uh, yep. which, but knowing him, he's not taking the day off knowing him. He's, yeah. I don't know running a million miles and cooking a four course meal somewhere. So, right. We love you, Joe. Yeah. I, I, uh, I made a comment on his Facebook uh, post. I'm like, I just said, stop it. Just stop. <laughs> Enough already. Okay. It makes me look bad. It makes us look bad. Yeah. You're doing the fusion. Now we're doing fusion, like uh bagogi tacos. Come on. Stop. It, stop. It, it, it's funny. I have a, a coworker who, um, her and her family, her, her husband and one of their friends, are opening up a food truck called Tacoria. Mm. K-O-R-E-A. Tacoria. Oh, okay. So they're they're I, gonna I, be I, doing I, the fusion thing as well. So if you're in Corpus yeah. Christi folks ever, um, yeah. look for a Tacoria food truck uh, at a yeah. location near you. Yeah. So you you've been you've been busy. I mean, uh, I mean you're you're selling into the new position, I take it. You've been been there about a year. Still seems like yeah. you're transitioning. Yeah, it has been um, you know. 
the hardest part about, and this, you know, I think all my, you know, military brothers and sisters can, can relate here. The hardest part about a PCS is uh, getting kicked out of your routine. Mm -hmm. Right. And then whatever routine that is, you get, that gets disrupted. And then you jump into this transition period and you put your life in boxes, movers come, you put it on a truck and then you don't see it for three or four months. And then you live out of your bag for those three or four months. And then they come, they bring your stuff back. And then that's, you know, three or four months of a transition period, probably a little shorter on average. Uh, and then you move back into the house and then you get back into this routine. But unfortunately for me, my transition period has just been a tad bit longer. Yeah. Um, you know, when we got to Texas, we um, decided, all right, well, we're going to live with my mom. We're going to help her out a little bit. We're going to help take care of her, get her back onto the, to the health care that she needs. And then in the meantime, and I'm talking, right, we, we arrived last July. In the meantime, we're look for a house. The, by Christmas, we will be in a home. Like we're gonna be settled. It'll be it'll be squared away. Well, that didn't happen. We we went through uh, several several bids of being outbid um, for you know competing against others uh, for these used homes, right? Yeah. And then that was just the market at the time, and and and. It's probably still that way now, even though we're starting to see uh, the uh, the the home mortgages, uh, uh, the APRs go up a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I think that's starting to calm down a little bit. But even then, what you find is, you know, corporations are just coming into these neighborhoods and they're just like overbidding. Oh, you know, sure. Normal people uh, by, by tens of thousands of dollars and, and then normal people just can't compete with it. So um, that's kind of one of the challenges in the housing market. And then, uh, so then we, we said, okay, well, let's, let's lean towards a new build. Right. And so we went towards the new build and we were, we were under contract with two different builders. <laughs> the first home, the first builder, they didn't, they could not pour concrete, the foundation for like five months. Is that and it, it was just it was uh, supply chain issues. Oh, it wow. was they couldn't get the concrete guys to show up. It was X, Y, and Z why it couldn't happen. Uh, eventually, um, we had to terminate our contract, and and uh, fortunately, uh, they were able to give us our earnest money back, which yeah. doesn't happen uh, a whole lot, and uh, we were lucky to, for it to happen that time. But the second time around, um, we're like, all right, we're back in the house hunting. Um, and there just wasn't a whole lot as far as in the inventory goes as pre-owned homes. Right. Um, so we ended up on another new new construction that looked a little more promising. The frame was already built. The construction looked like it was moving along. But sure enough, uh, we were we were plagued by disruptive uh, supply chains and and um, inadequate skilled labor that that apparently is an issue now with with trying to find trades to show up to go and build the home. Sure That's become a huge issue. Um, and, uh, you know, I've had to come become some sort of a uh, not an expert, but at least kind of familiar with each aspect of how a home is built to understand what might be the root cause of, of the delay. 
Yeah. Um, so we signed for that home, that second home and, and Christmas. And uh, it was supposed to be ready in March. And then that <laughs> slipped to April. That slipped to May. That slipped to June. And then eventually I'm like, you know, I was like, we we can't we can't commit to this either. Yeah. Um, so, so we, we made the decision, even though this housing company, this help home developer had our earnest money, we had to make a decision to like, all right, what are we going to do? We're, we're either going to, uh, we, we could no longer stay in the home that we were in. We had like a one May expiration date. Right. So, so we had, I, I don't know if you've stayed in an Airbnb uh, as of late, but Airbnbs are through the roof. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. They are through the roof. We're talking $150 a night on average for a decent Airbnb, you know? So, and, and um, so we, that's not sustainable for us. Right. So all of these types of factors that you have to, you know, it sucks. It sucks being an adult. You know, like I look at my kids, <laughs> I, I look at my kids. I'm like, you guys don't even know, man. We're guys, just trying to, you don't even you guys know. Are just, you guys are just going to school and like taking a trash out. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> me and your mom are trying to make decisions here. Like, work's the easy work was the easy part. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, so eventually uh, we were blessed to, to find a home. Um, we uh, canceled out of the contract with the new house that we were under found a, found a beautiful home in Cibolo, Texas. Nice. And, um, uh, we are, we are so excited to, to be, uh, homeowners. Yeah. And, um, uh, about three hours ago, I gave Home Depot, um, every cent that I have in my, <laughs> in my savings account. So, cause it's not, it's not, it's not like turnkey, you know, there's right. stuff that needs to be done. Of course. You know, you gotta get the yard ready. You gotta fix the sprinkler. You gotta, you know, these types of homeowner things that uh is is also a bear you know it's a blessing to to, to be a homeowner but it, it it is a it is a bit of a, a drag to have to be able to fix all this stuff it, so so there's the uh there's the the dichotomy between new build versus uh previously owned or previously built homes because when we when we started looking we i mean we we looked at every single house you could and finally we were like let's just let's just do a new build and we got to pick out, you know, the features and yeah. <clears throat> the problem with like, especially our neighborhood, it's uh, there was a limit on what you could select for your house. Right. Cause there was the, the neighborhood had certain criteria. And so you drive through our neighborhood and it's almost like base housing. Like there's differences in all the houses, but a lot of them look alike. And, and that's where I was like, man, I kind of wish we just bought an older home, but with the older home, sometimes come, the previous, you know, owners' headaches and stuff. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. yeah. The, uh, the older homes in San Antonio are beautiful. Right, these yeah. are like 1960s. They got the they got the wood beams on the ceilings, and that's just kind of how they built all kinds them. of character. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I love that about the older homes. But yeah, I mean, uh, they're not as they're not they're not as HVAC friendly. You know, they, yeah. they don't hold they don't hold heat or <laughs> hold in the cold air as well. Yeah. Yeah. So the utilities, you have to think about that part. Um, but yeah, those older homes, especially um, in like, uh, I, know, I don't know the last time you've been to San Antonio, but man, they got some beautiful homes downtown. Oh, yeah. sure. Sure. So that has been uh, 
that has been like the primary focus for me in my life yeah. is trying to find a home for my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then at the, at the same time, I'm doing my job. Like I'm trying right. to like, I'm trying to focus eight hours a day uh, to do the best job that I can uh, in the job that I do, which I love. I love uh, being the, the functional manager at, at IMFC. It's a great job. It's um, a lot of opportunities to, to help folks. Uh, definitely different than, than being a, you know, a, a senior enlisted leader as in the, in the squadron yeah. part, but it's a great job. But you know um, that the, the home buying has been such a distraction for us. And I'm glad that that part is over. The house hunting is over. And I, I literally got stuff in, in storage, right? <laughs> and I, I was talking to a, a friend of ours, Jojo. And he's like, well, when's TMO coming? I'm like, dude, there is no TMO. Like, no, no, it's, already- it's ZMO. Like, <laughs> I got <laughs> me and my kids are going to get these boxes and put them into the new home. And I can't wait. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's funny. So yeah. that well, has good. been, yeah, yeah. That's good to hear. It's good to hear. And work's going well, right? So it's a little bit different environment for you. You're, you're the position you're in now, right? Because it, it's mostly, uh, uh, I don't want to say cubicle. I don't know what kind of work you're in. I don't know what your uh, environment we, is like. We do work we, in cubes. Yeah. Um, so it's, is it mostly senior enlisted and yeah, it's and mostly, yeah, mostly it's staff, right? So staff yeah. is, is, is primarily senior NCOs and, and officers. And, um, um, we we get the we get the opportunity to to take care of the enterprise as a as a whole. Yeah. So every decision that we make is is impacting not just um, sometimes one unit, but it's it's all of the units within that career field. Yeah. So so um, so do you do you notice and we'll sort of transition uh, maybe on the topic of leadership? Like, do you notice that um, your perspective has to be a little bit more focused? on how the work you do at that level is going to impact maybe junior enlisted folks since you're probably not around them as often. Yeah. You know, um, the way, the easiest way to do that is to, to kind of keep that perspective is to, is to do site visits, right? Yeah. Site site visits is like, for me, the bread and butter, right? Because we get to go see airmen in action and then we get to go, we get to go be a, be a, a chief, you know, we get yeah. to go and, and help airmen. And um, that's not normally what we get to do on a day-to-day basis, mm-hmm. but that helps me understand when I, when I put numbers onto a spreadsheet and how it's going to impact the organization and you don't see the faces, you're right. only, you're only managing spaces in my career, in my job. Right. So when we get to work with the faces, right? When we get to work with the people and the airmen, mm-hmm. uh, man, that just brings that just brings the the perspective uh, three sixty there or one eighty, if you will. And and then um, the problem though is that we don't have the budget to do the, to do all the, the site visits. visits. Yeah, 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 yeah. We don't have, the budget doesn't get any bigger, and so everybody competes to to do some of these site visits. But we get to go on one here in a couple of weeks. We're going to Memphis, so I'm nice. super excited about that and. And uh, we'll go out and visit some of the airmen. But uh, we're actually going to go see um, uh, FedEx Corporation. We're, we're going to go see. It's kind of it's called uh, Industry with Experience, mm-hmm. and or I'm sorry, what is it called? Ewe, um, Experience with Industry, and and we basically trade perspectives. Nice. How, how does the Air Force do logistics? 
Yeah. And, and how does FedEx do logistics? And then, and somewhere in the middle, we try and figure out some sort of synergy and, and maybe adopt some of their best practices and so on. I, you know what? And so, and so that, that word um, innovation gets thrown around a lot. And, and I'll tell you with where we're at, I work for the local government, local city. Yeah. And uh, we, we've recently developed a uh, process improvement team. Um, and it's, it's basically, you know, I ripped off the idea from the Air Force where you have a, you know, a cadre of people that, that they're going to go around and, and work on innovation and rapid yeah. improvement events. So I, I took that idea, but it's so important, um, I think, for leaders to not just get stagnant with, okay, I know everything I need to know, right? We, mm-hmm. we need to always be looking for ways to improve ourselves. And in turn, uh, the, when we improve ourselves, we are actually, uh, the byproduct is, is serving those people that work for us. Yeah, uh, whether they're junior enlisted or whether they're um, people down the the organizational chart. Yeah, uh, you know, you know it's fun. what's interesting about innovation is that there's another like innovation isn't isn't like it can be a, a, a buzzword I think at times, but there's another word that is associated with it that stifles the innovations and that's bureaucracy. Yeah. Man, so like we we in the Air Force, man, we love we love innovation. We love good ideas, um, because we need to, um, you know, as our chief of staff says, we need to accelerate change or lose, uh, to be able to compete with with some of these some of these other countries that are that are rearing rearing our rearing up behind us, and yeah. uh, if not being if not near competitor, that they are they are they are our our, uh, our peers already. Right. Yeah. So, um, we are, I think we're trying to get after that. I, how does, how does your, or do you feel like bureaucracy is, is kind of there present and how does your organization get over that? I, I'll tell you. So obviously there are policies and procedures and compliance issues, and there's all sorts of stuff that go with working for a, a city. So I work for um, a, a major city in mm-hmm. the state of Texas. Um, but we're looking for, we're all recently and for the past couple of years, I've been, I've been there in my position as the organizational development manager for about a year. Um, but it takes the right people to get things moving in that right direction. Yeah. Um, we, we recently, um, I guess in the past, I think he's been about, been here about three years. Uh, we had a new city manager come in and uh, he is all about new ideas and fresh perspectives and giving people the chance to shine, right? Uh, give, giving them to like, hey, here, let me let me hear your input. I want to see what you're able to do. Um, because sometimes, I think sometimes in leadership positions, we think we know it all and we don't allow ourselves to learn and grow. And when we do that, we not only stifle ourselves, but we stifle those people that work for us. Yeah. And if you're not allowing, especially this this new generation that's coming up, the opportunity to flex a little bit and show what they're capable of doing and hear their new ideas. I can tell you for, in the civilian sector, we end up losing those people. We end up losing those people. You have to be, you have, you can't just assume that uh, my way is the highway and, um, or excuse me, my way is the right way. And if you don't like it, hit the highway, right? Yeah. Um, Because that, that will break down not only a, municipal system but any civilian industry as well yeah i think a trap that i fall into is that it's just easier for me to do it 
Yeah. <laughs> That's a trap for me. Like, yeah, yeah. and I find myself being in this trap, like, oh, well, I can just let, I can let this person do it. And I'm just like, no, they're not going to do it right. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then I just, and then I got to train them on how to do it. I'm just, I'll just do it. I'll just, I'll just keep doing it. But the problem with that is, is at some point I won't be there to do that. And then what happens, you know? Right. And so, and then that's a reflection on me. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, so I think that's an interesting dynamic. And I often find myself in that sort of conundrum where I'm just like, uh, you know, I'll just do it because it's easier. Well, well, sometimes that's the case. Like if it's a short, quick turnaround that needs to be done, then yeah. But uh, if you're if you're thinking for the long game, right? If you're playing the long game, you're thinking long term. You want to give um, as many people the opportunity to shine uh, as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, because here's here's what I see in the civilian sector. Um, people, it's not always just about the paycheck, and it's not always about the benefits. Um, I we're noticing a younger generation full of. Um, enthusiastic, talented, creative people that if they don't feel like they are able to uh, really perform at the level that they want to, they'll bounce. They'll bounce. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we were talking earlier about uh, the housing market and how it's competitive for, you know, housing, right? Like, so, so people, there's bidding wars like yeah. crazy, right? So it's a house, dog fight. Yeah, it's, it's a, dog it's a fight. literal, it's, it's literally dog fight, man. People, these houses will go on market and uh, a, a supervisor, not a supervisor, but a, a, a buddy of mine, he, uh, he sold his house and it went $30,000 over asking uh, and, and it was sold within a week. Yeah. People, people are buying them sight unseen. They're, they're yeah. just, they see the waving the appraisals. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, and, and I've seen in the civilian sector, sort of a similar thing when it comes to employees, like if an employee doesn't feel like they're valued, if they don't feel like their ideas count. If they don't feel like they're being listened to, they'll, they'll jump in a heartbeat mm-hmm. to a new organization or, and go find a, a position somewhere else. Um, I, we are experiencing, um, what's what's called like the great resignation i don't know if you've heard that term before right no so i think we what can't happens, resign in the military <laughs> no you can't resign in the military right yeah. it's, it's almost a different little bubble um and and i feel bad uh i feel bad for my friends that are going to retire in the next few years and 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 have to make that transition because um sometimes it can be tough i was i think i was talking to you guys one time about Scary. when you guys pcs and again i was there too I, I i i retired from the air force but when we pcs in the air force we were still getting a paycheck. <laughs> we were still getting housing allowance. Yeah. Uh, when we, when we PCS, when you switch from one job to another, that, that doesn't carry over. Like the yeah. old company doesn't care about where you're going. Um, but what I, what I want trying to say is um, that competitiveness for employees is taking place because employees are just like, you know what, I'm not going to put up with certain things. If, if, if I don't feel like, if I feel like I'm being mistreated, um, I no longer feel, a lot of employees no longer feel the desire to stay with the company for 20 years and, and retire. So you'll see people that are moving from one organization to another organization to another organization. Um, there's some goodness that comes in that because if this company's losing people, that means a new company gets to take advantage of that fresh talent. Um, but what companies and, and any organization really need to do is focus on how do we retain the people that we have? Cause it's yeah. expensive to lose people 
and then not have people being productive when that position, there's a gap in filling it and then trying to market and advertise and, and to recruit somebody else to come in there. Yeah. But, uh, I wonder if that has like, you know, to me, you're talking about culture. And it's all about culture. Right. Whether an organization or a corporation or a company is going to invest in that culture. Yeah. Um, like, what does that look like? What's the what's the budget for for a culture? You know, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, are it, we doing it, retreats? You know, yeah. like, like it, what are these? It should be a hundred percent a priority. It should be a hundred percent a priority. What kind of culture do we have in this organization? I don't care if you're a three person small upstart business or if you're a city that has you know three thousand employees like we do. You have to identify what the culture is supposed to be for that organization. And as often you see the people that are leading the way are the people at the lower rung of the ladder. But a lot of it needs to come from the, the, the leadership. Yeah. Right? So if the leadership isn't embodying the culture and making it a priority, uh, the folks down at the, the lower rungs, they're, they're going to bounce. Um, yeah. I just, just had a good talk with a, a friend of ours um, who works for a company that is struggling right now because they're, they're a tech company and they, they have no identity as far as their organizational culture, right? There's, there's, it's a, it's, it's toxic across the board. Uh, each department works in silos. And I asked him, I said, well, do you guys have like a, a vision statement and a sort of a, a list of country, uh, company values? He's like, yeah, but he goes, but I bet you no one knows what they are. And they, they're not tied into any of the work that we do. <coughs> so they might have it on a, a new hiring form or something like that, or onboarding uh, document. He goes, but you and don't no see one, it. No one's reading. And yeah, no one's reading it. And you don't see it anywhere else in the organization. So I, I think it's, it's critical that, especially in this day and age, and I'm speaking from, again, on the civilian side, industry side, that if you're in a leadership position, I don't care if you manage one person or if you're the uh, director of, you know, a major department, <clears throat> you really need to take a look at how you're leading the culture in that, that organization. Yeah. So I get, I get what you're saying, but what you're saying is contradictory to what we see. Correct. Me, meaning, right. We have senior leaders. I, I feel like I, I'm speaking from the military perspective because mm -hmm. that's all I know. Right. But uh, when we talk about who is investing in the culture um, let's, let's say uh, it, it's something as simple as, organizing a potluck yeah who's who's the one that's organizing that potluck the junior folk yeah, yeah the absolutely junior and, and it's the senior leader that's telling the junior person but hey we need to get a potluck here go go do that while i go do something important yeah meeting. yeah and that is like status quo that is yeah. like how it's been for and and that's their check the box leadership moment right okay good we 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 care about our people we care. <laughs> we we had a we uh, we we had a potluck. All right, we're good. Everyone should yeah. be happy, right? right? I saw a meme not too long ago about like toxic leadership or something like that, or or um, it was like a Will I don't know one of those Will Smith memes where it was oh, like geez. where it was like uh, it was Chris Rock and it said toxic culture and then leadership was Will Smith and he was slapping him with a uh, um, pizza like yeah I'm just gonna give you pizza. If I, if I, if I, if I, if I give you pizza, you guys should be happy. May right? go away. 
that's uh man i got I, I i think i talked about that for like two or three days before i just got tired of talking about that I'm like i, I oh, too much yeah, energy was on that that, yeah. that that will smith deal like i'm like oh my gosh like i can't believe it. i i saw it live actually i'm like this is a skit this is pretty, <laughs> oh, it's pretty, i look pretty real chris rock took a shot yeah but yeah uh yeah i think companies i don't know i i don't know what it's going to take for for folks to understand uh, like all right hey here's how do we how do we manage our talent how do we retain talent right um i i think you can throw money at it pretty pretty easily meaning you're, you're going to pay pay your talent to stay there but you you said that's that's not what's attracting folks no no not always not always because if if you could you could throw uh, a ton of money at an employee, but if he feels like he's, you know, just being looked down on, or his insight or her insight isn't appreciated, they're going to go somewhere else. We yeah. we've seen that. Think think about okay, so COVID happened, and then a lot of people started working from home. Uh, a lot of different like life changing experiences took place. People got laid off. And they, and they realized how volatile and how fragile the workforce, you know, your security is at your job. Yeah. And I think what happened with that is people said, you know, if, if, if this employment life is so fragile, I'm not going to settle for something, right? If I, I'm not going to, uh, if, if the company is so ready and willing to just let me go, uh, I want to make sure I'm going to be working somewhere that's going to feed me, not just financially, but feed me nurture me, grow me, uh, right. be willing to invest. Mentorship. In, in, right. Yeah. Be willing to invest in my growth and not just use me as a, you know, uh, a cog in the wheel. Yeah. So that's, it's, I mean, the, the, the numbers have been astounding as far as the number of people that over the past two years have just said, yeah, I'm going to go look for something somewhere else. Yeah. Um, and, and, and there's that competitive market where um, people are like, yes, we need bodies in this field. We'll take you. If they're not taking care of you, we'll take you. We'll bring you yeah. in. And I think that's changed, right? I think the business model for the most part um, has changed where, uh, you know, in the 80s to early 90s, I think the business model was um, how do we how do we push the needle? How do, right. we, how do we how do we get to the, the bottom line here? How do we close the deal? Um, and then eventually you start seeing uh, um I think some of that has to do with the generation. No, I, I I agree. Yeah. 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 You mean uh, the generation of like up and coming employees? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah. and how 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 morals and values start to change. Sure thing. Right. Yeah. You start to see that, and, and and so what people care about um, has an influence on where 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 they want to be. Right. Um. The other the other thing is like. Uh, hours, work hours, and, and mm -hmm. what people appreciate, and, and how much time do I get with my family? Yeah. Um, what here's here's a here is something that I've noticed as of recently where I, I don't know, I just I just observed it. Um, I, I wasn't looking for it, but my my father's generation, right? My uncle's generation, <clears throat> work is life. Yeah. Work is life. That is the priority. That's and that's how you introduce yourself to people or, or yeah. people. Hey, 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 Frank, nice to meet you. What do you do? Yeah. What do you do? Yeah. 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 Uh, 
In fact, in living, moving to my new neighborhood, I, I got asked that question like two or yeah. three times. Like, yeah, what do you do? You know, like that, you know, it's like, it's like, <laughs> you know, like it's kind of lax about it, but it's like, yeah, what do you do? So I can, uh, so I can peg you where, who, yeah, what, yeah, type of yeah. person, what type of person that you are, but it's, it's frustrating. Like it's frustrating how important work is to my father. It's frustrating how important work is to my uncle. Like, yeah. Like he today's Saturday, right? And and my uncle had some some errands to run, and and he was helping me out with stuff. And he's like, "Well, I gotta work." My uncle's sixty something years yeah. old. Yeah, you know, I'm like, "Unk, I mean, give that thing up, let it go, <laughs> let that thing go." Yeah. Um, but it just proves to you that uh, it, it's it's what they value. Yeah. You know? Well, it, well, and, and and don't get me wrong, right? Because I value work. But I've been blessed enough to navigate a life where I get to do the type of work that I feel called to do, right? So I, I, I remember um, years and years ago, as I was you know, planning to retire from the military, um, I wanted to go in professional development. I wanted to go into uh, organizational development, and yeah. teaching and training and coaching and all that stuff. And um, it's amazing. I sometimes have to pinch myself. Cause I'm like, how did I become the organizational development manager? The person that's in charge of performance, performance management system for the city, for the city <laughs> right? We're yeah. pro- probably one of the largest employers in the city, right? We have, yeah. we have, we have a Naval base. They got a good amount. We have a school district. They have a good amount, but you know, I get to, and to me, it's almost like being on a military installation. It's almost like running um, the professional enhancement center. Like yeah. I did back in at Scott air force base, but so I, I actually love my job, right? Yeah. As far as the work I do, I actually love the work I do. Um, and I, so I but, think people but, look for that more. Go ahead. The, you know, and, and just talking to you, you know, every once in a while. Yeah. I also know like your job can be pretty, pretty hectic, you know, it can be, the, it the can stre- be the stress that it comes with it. Think, think about, um, the weight of the work that you do, right? So I, so we run the new employee orientation. Uh, it's like onboarding program. And, and how I, many, how many folks are you pushing through on those uh, things? Every every week, probably about fifteen or twenty a week, right? So oh, it's, okay. it's, it's it's, and so um, I tell this group of people the same thing that I used to teach the brand new master sergeant at the senior NCO enhancement um, program. Mm. Welcome to they. You are they now. Anything that anybody complains about, you're they, uh-huh. right? Because if someone complains about the water system in the city, you're they. I don't yeah. care if you work in the water department or if you work in the streets department, you're a city employee. So people are going to look at you like you're they. But I also tell them, we don't just hire anybody, right? There, there's. <clears throat> I always encourage managers when they're doing their hiring to have two or three interviews with, with one uh, employee, like yeah. make sure you're getting the right people, the right fit. Um, because sometimes we get in that bind where we're short manned and we gotta, we gotta get the work done. And we first interview goes by and we're like, okay, th- this, this round was great. That person's the person we want. And they hire them off the spot. Um, I try to encourage people to get a couple of interviews to make sure you're really getting the right person for the job. That's, that's got the right spirit, the right attitude. Because I always tell people the first interview is like the first date, right? You think about the first time you went on a date with a girl 
you're opening the door, you're being polite. And then second date and third date, all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I'll let a burp out once in a while, or I'll tell a joke that I probably shouldn't have told. They get yeah. to know the real you, right? So we want to get to know the real people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't even know where to start with an interview. Like, <laughs> I'll, coach, I'll coach you i'll coach you through it yeah i know <laughs> we'll have to do some practices yeah, yeah but you know you get through all that right but like you, you put in some long hours though scott you know like I, well it, there's there's responsibilities that go yeah. with you know being in that sort of organization right yeah. so just like just like in the military um I, I i a lot of times i equate to what i do like to being in the military yeah. if you work if you work on a military installation and there's some sort of emergency you're there at work. You're staying at work. Um, yeah. So as, as, as a city I, employee, oh, let me, let me just say this real quick. Yeah, go as, ahead. As a city employee, you know, we live on a coastal town. When there's a hurricane, we don't get to just pack up and leave. Like we got to stay back to make sure that the city is uh, protected and make sure the city is up and running and, and trying to get back on the feet as quick as possible. So yeah. there's a lot of similarities uh, that I've seen working in municipal government that there were in the military environment. And I think that's why I really like it a lot. Yeah. The major think, difference uh, though is people can leave anytime they want. <laughs> which which honestly isn't terrible. It isn't a bad thing. Honestly, like I think one of the things that militaries uh it, it probably wouldn't work. But like if if someone doesn't want to be there and we're yeah. forcing them to be there, it right. just never made sense to me. Right? It just it, it didn't um obviously there's there's some legal stuff there that that I don't fully understand and yeah. and you just can't go home because you're homesick you know that that's all different yeah. but yeah I mean but but are you as a leader creating an environment where people want to stay exactly and, and that's ultimately you're not going to satisfy everybody yeah but in in the civilian sector if you have mass exodus going on in your workplace you can't you can't always say well we're not paying we're not paying them enough. Sounds all right. Yeah, we're not yeah. paying them enough. That's why they're leaving. Sounds all right. Uh, we need to be more competitive with our pay. Or maybe the boss is just a jerk. And, and maybe people have seen like, oh, this person that I used to love working with and we got along with left because they're tired and done with it. And then all of a sudden, this other person that I got along with real well left because they're tired of, of dealing with it and, and they're done with it. Well, I'm not going to stick around and be the, the, the only punching bag, right? They're, they're going to like, you know what? I'm out of here too. Um, yeah, so there's a there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, but before we uh, before we talk, I want to talk about the boss being a jerk. But before yeah, we talk okay. about that, <laughs> I, I want to talk about uh, something that I heard, and I feel like I probably should have heard this a long time ago. But when I heard it, I don't know, a couple of months ago, and it just it like it was like a light bulb when I heard it, and. and mm -hmm. And someone said, someone said, well, and it was like, you know, like a, a master sergeant that told me this, right? Yeah. And they're like, you know, it's not, I think they had just made the next rank uh, to senior. Um, okay. And they had just recently got promoted and they're like, yeah, well, you know, you know, I'm like, get ready for the responsibilities and, you know, you got to, you know, and all these things. And, and someone says, um, you know, you're not getting more hours. You're just getting more responsibilities. Yeah. Right. And, and I, I just thought I'm like, man, that's just great because there, there's still 24 hours in a day. Mm -hmm. Right. It's not like you're it's not like you're going to work harder now. You're just you just have more responsibilities as yeah. as in, in the next rung up. 
Yeah. So to me, that means you just need to get smarter with how you do your business. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so if, if you're messing around, you know, and procrastinating, obviously you're going to, you're going to put in longer hours. Uh, I'm not, I'm not alluding to you. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) Well, I, I, so I, I, I know people, I remember back, back in the military, that was me and Jojo, right? We were the guys when the parking lot was empty, we're still standing outside in the parking lot talking about what just took place during the last 10, 12 hours. Yeah. And the wife's calling going, Hey, you, you coming home? I got food. To, and I'm like, we're on our way. We're on our way. Um, I'm at a point now where um, my main objective besides doing great work is to get it all, everything I need to get done for that day. So that when five o'clock hits, there's nothing stopping me. There's nothing stopping me. And, or from leaving and, or it could be done tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and or like, do I really need to do this today or can I be home on time for dinner or can I be home on time to take my kid to practice? Yeah. Right. Or, or you know, what, you know, watch, watch my kid, you know, a track meet or a football game or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And, and that's where my priorities have been really in the past several years is making sure I'm, I'm available to all of those things. Yeah. Uh, back when I was in the military, you know, of course, when you're trying to compete for promotion, you want to be in, involved in a lot of different stuff that yeah sometimes would take away from you're like well you know i get to be the uh the the chair of this air force ball and you know but it also takes place at the same time that my son has some sort of event well, which is which is gonna you know which which is more of a priority yeah um nowadays yeah my i my priority is 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 family stuff is is taking care of the family and doing those things yeah, and I would contend that I think we are as a military getting better at I agree. Yeah. Putting 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 things into into perspective as to what is really the important stuff. What yeah. is really what is really the important stuff and where should we be focusing? Where we should we should be focusing our time and sure energy? thing. Yeah. Should our spouses be waiting uh, you know late hours waiting for us to come home i I, no the answer is no for me it's it's no i I think uh when the time comes when the mission calls for it i i think 100 that's our job yeah um but it's not every day you know yeah that should be the exception right right. it should be the exception there was there used to be that time when it was a badge of honor Uh right like i worked 12 hours today i worked 14 hours you know it's like but what did you get done Uh right so if I can, if I can get everything that I need done in my work, don't get me wrong. It's not always task oriented, right? It's not like I got a bunch of checklists that I got to uh, cross off throughout the day. Sometimes it's strategic where I actually need to get away from the work to let, let the brain rest and kind of settle into what the decision is going to be uh, rather than just stay, you know, honed in on it the whole time. Sometimes you got to take your eyes off something for it to make sense, but yeah, great. You worked 14 hours yesterday. What, what was the benefit? Yeah. Are you, are you any more further along in your project than you were the day before? Uh, what did you miss, you know, with the family? What was the sacrifice? What was the sacrifice? Was it worth yeah. it? Yeah. Um, and, and I think a lot of it too, is you got to get into <clears throat> a good rhythm at work and, and put your team all on the same rhythm. 
Yeah. Right. So here, here, here's how we're going to do this. Here's how we're going to meet. Um, we'll, we'll do check-ins periodically. So we don't have to have a, a, a two hour meeting once a week, we can do little check-ins throughout the week and, and see where we're at. And that, that way, by the, by the end of the week, you're, you're not just so exhausted that you don't have anything left for, for your family. Yeah. And you know, management gets a, gets a bad put management versus leadership gets put in a, in a bad, in a bad light. Yeah. Um, but I would argue management is just as good as leadership in that if you're not managing your time the right way, you can't be a good leader. Like right. it's just not, it's just not yeah. possible. Right. You can't be a good dad. If you're not managing your time, right. If you're spending yeah. 20 hours at work, dude, like you're doing something wrong and you just gotta, you gotta make sure that you're managing your time more effectively. All right. Yeah. So I want to, I want to move on because I know we're running out of time. This thing's this, our conversation. <laughs> it's turning like a, it's turning like a, a Wednesday afternoon talk. Yeah. yeah. We got to get off for it. We got to get off for it. We're in the parking lot right now. <laughs> you know, honestly, Z, this is like one of those garage talks that we would have back at Travis. I mean, yeah, we're just hitting record. Yeah. It, which is, it makes it easy. It makes it easy. Uh, let's talk about um, working for a bad boss. Yeah. People don't um, like so that. <laughs> I, <laughs> they don't like it. And the end podcast over. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I talked to, I talked to a lot of folks um, on the phone uh, from different organizations. And one of the common themes is, um, yeah, but my boss uh, wants us to do this and it's not our job. And they keep yeah. making us do this same thing over and over and over again. And uh, there's not much I can do for them in that regard because their yeah. boss is their boss. I, sure. I am not their boss. I am the functional manager. Yeah. And so it's a completely different role of mine. I can give you advice. I can give you subject matter expertise. I can give you perspective um and, and i can be a good listener right because yeah. ultimately that's what i end up being um but at at the end of it i always tell them this i'm like that's your boss man yeah that is that's yeah. your boss so uh you, you have to have a level of maturity to figure mm -hmm. out how to get through that sure yeah yeah and, yeah. and i kind of wanted to get your thoughts on on like how you manage uh, so, through through a bad boss, you know. Yeah. So so, you know, there's no such thing as a perfect boss. I'll tell you that. Um, there's there's no such thing as two people that are in such harmony that everything just flows together and everyone's happy. I mean, I don't know how long you've been married, Z. Uh, fifteen years. Yeah, and I've been married. Uh, better know this math real quick. Since two thousand, a long time. Two thousand four. Yeah. <laughs> My wife, my, I, I tell my wife this all the time. She's my best friend. She's my favorite human being, but we don't always get along, right? Mm -hmm. But if the relationship is important, I'm going to do what I need to do to make sure it's, <clears throat> it's mended, right? Um, and so, but with the boss, the, the boss should be taking the lead on making sure those relationships are intact. Um, and, and That's, not a good, just, that's a good point. Right, and not just assuming that, well, I'm the boss, they do what I say. Well, you know, those, those people, they have lives, they have families, they're, you know, they're, people look up to them, but I think sometimes you have that boss that just doesn't take that into consideration and just thinks, this is my employee. They need to do what I tell them to do. Um, but I guarantee you that boss would not appreciate someone doing the same thing to them. 
Yeah. I think I can you can you expound on that part? You said the boss has the responsibility to to mend that relationship. Absolutely. I saw a quote one time and I, I don't remember where it was, and I've been trying to find it ever since. And and I might be butchering it. Um, but it was something along the lines of rules with a relationship equals results rules without a relationship equals rebellion mm. right so if i have a strong relationship with somebody and 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 i'm a nurturing boss i'm i'm trying to mentor them i'm trying to learn as much as i can about them i'm trying to understand their strengths and weaknesses um, i'm showing them dignity and respect if I have to ask them to do something that they may not necessarily want to do, I'm going to get more out of them based off of that, that mutual respect that we have. Right. So we have that relationship. So when there's rules involved that they don't like the fact that that relationship is intact, that's where I'm going to get the results from. But if yeah. it's someone that I don't have that relationship with, if my relationship is pretty one directional and it's all about, this is the job, this is what you will do. Then People are going to work to a point. They'll work to a point where either they will sabotage the boss. I've seen that happen. Like, well, I'm just not going to put forth my best effort. You know, you might get rebellion out of that. Or they'll just do just enough to get by. Just enough to not get fired. Yeah. Right? So so why, why, would I, uh, why, why would an employee want to do above and beyond if they don't feel that relationship is intact? Yeah. So I, I, think, I know I, I know I butchered that quote, but I love it. The rules with the relationship equals results and rules without a relationship equals rebellion. Well, we'll have to we'll have to put it in the show notes though, just to see if we get whoever we're said gonna, that some credit. Put in the, the Google machine, see what yeah, comes go, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think I think you're right on, like you know, that talks about trusting, you know, and, and how if you trust your superior, you trust your supervisor that, you know, you can, you can rest assured that, you know, these other things are going to be taken care of. All you got, all you got to do is concentrate on doing the best job that you can do. And I think that, yeah. you know, ultimately that leads out to the best results. Um, but I think when we talk about, you know, managing around somebody who's just a toxic leader. Yeah. The, the fact of the matter is, is I can't change you. Right. I can't change you. And uh, I can't, I, I'm not the one to make sure that you're, you're going to get fired or you're, you're, you're going to stay here in this organization that I have no control over that. Right. So yeah. I think, I think the best way for me to manage a boss who is toxic is mm -hmm. to lead by example. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's the only thing that I can do, even though uh, they're going to get under my skin, even mm -hmm. though they're going to, they're going to make me grind my teeth a little bit. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, the, the term that we've said on this show a thousand times and, and, and one that you've probably heard a million times is, is to mentor up. Yeah. You know, I think I, I hear when I, when I hear mentor up, I think of Jose Ramon, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I always, <laughs> I, I feel like I've always heard him say that, but uh, you know, you're mentoring up, you're showing your supervisor, how to, you know, take care of people, how to be more self-aware. And then eventually, you know, you just chip away. Yeah. You just yeah. chip away. You just chip away. 
And, um, you know, uh, I said this the other day in our chat, you know, sometimes you go through a really, really, really tough time Mm -hmm. and you even contemplate quitting, right? Whatever that means, whatever that, you know, quitting the task or quitting your job or, or, you know, quitting the thing that you're, you're, you, you feel like you just can't, you can't climb this mountain. But at the end of the day, if you just keep going, uh, all those trials, every challenge that you're going to have, when you reach the top and you get over the mountain and you go back down, you're always, always going to end up a better person. Um, so I think that's a super important uh, perspective to keep in mind. And um, I think that's kind of the best way to, to manage a, a toxic leader. Yeah, I, I see that. Uh, I, I see that. Z and and I think the one thing to remember is so if you're like a mid manager or supervisor, you still have people you're responsible for, right? Yeah, and exactly. so if 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 part of your value system is having those strong relationships, then you want to make sure that you don't lose that because of the negative influence that might be coming down on you. Sometimes you're the buffer. Sometimes you're you're that person that's got to got to make sure that hey, you know what? It's not good at this level. Mm-hmm. But uh, I want to make sure it doesn't get get any lower than this. Yeah. And um, one, one thing that I look at as a person of faith, you know, we always talk about our testimony and, and I'll say this, you know, I don't want to lose my testimony over this. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't want to become the bad guy. I don't want to become the jerk uh, because of the way someone else may have treated me. Right. So my my objective is always to uh, be that person that regardless of what my leadership is like or what my my uh, you know superior uh, the, the folks in my, I was going to say command. I don't have a command, dude. I'm not in the, in the air force anymore. In those, yeah. <clears throat> but, the, but the folks in my organization, if there's leadership that's negative or toxic or whatever language you want to use, um, that I still have the responsibility for the people that, that work under me to, to make sure they don't have to experience that. Yeah. Well, Hey, I think we, uh, we covered some some topics here, A to Z almost. Yeah, we're we're all over the place, but you know what? It's important stuff, Z. Yeah, it's important stuff. Yeah. Everything that we talked about, from family to work to happiness to leadership, it's it's important stuff. It's all life learning, learning and leadership. leadership. Yeah, <laughs> well, Z, I'm happy for you that you uh, are finally settling in. Well, when you make the move to your house, man. Uh, hey, in. August, we're we're doing a thing, so you have to come by. Okay. All right. Well, I'm All right. Put it on the I'll put it on the calendar. <laughs> put it on the calendar. And, yeah. and plus, you owe us a San Antonio trip. You you are 100 percent right. You I do owe us a San Antonio. You owe me and JoJo a <laughs> I San Antonio know. trip. So Leech. we're gonna. I know we're gonna hold you to it. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, it's good talking to you, brother. And uh, you know, I, I, I appreciate it. It's been yeah. a good talk. Yeah, it's it has been. Talk. It's been. It's been a long time coming, and uh, maybe we shouldn't wait so long to. To maybe yeah. just do these do yeah. these life learning leadership conversations. We got to kick Joe out of the out of the lounge. Yeah, well. Joe, you're out of here, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, uh, we appreciate y'all listening to us for a little bit and uh, checking out this episode of the Llama Lounge podcast. Uh, we invite you to check out our show sponsor, Blazing Star Barbecue. Go check them out online, BlazingStarBarbecue.com. Amazing rubs, amazing amazing sauces. Great friend of the show, and like we always say, llamas are out. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to the Llama Lounge podcast. Be sure to visit the homepage for links to products and services related to this episode. 
And don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice. See you next time.